0: Oh my goodness, is this thing on? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Discovery Debrief, a podcast setting a course to discuss the future of the final frontier in Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Picard, Lower Decks, and more. I'm co-host Chris Clow, and I'm joined by our bold panel of Star Trek franchise explorers, including Rachel Clow. Hello. Zaki Hassan. Red alert.
1: (laughs) And Cicero Holmes. I've got two dogs, number one and number fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, yeah, it is. It has been far too long, everybody. Uh, And uh, obviously, uh, apologies to everybody listening to this episode. It's been a very long time since we all got together. I can't apologize enough for that, but we are back for a very good reason, and that is that for the first time since two thousand nine. The Star Trek canon is pushing forward beyond the year 2387, and we're getting more than just a couple of small glimpses at what things are looking like from an alternate reality. We're, of course, here to talk Remembrance, the very first episode of Star Trek Picard marking the return of the intrepid former captain of the Enterprise D&E, Jean-Luc Picard himself. Uh, But before we get into the episode discussion, obviously it has been a very long time. And before we, we jump into to catching up, just wanted to give a, a, a quick mention to my good and unfortunately departed friend, John Beerly. Uh, I love him. I miss him. We all miss him. And um, we'll be saying more about him uh, probably in other venues. I know that some people from Discovery Debrief came here because of uh, some of my previous work at Modern Myth Media and Batman on Film, which was, of course, uh, beside John. So we're all heartbroken by his passing and um, we'll be saying more in the days and weeks to come. But uh, we do have some Star Trek to talk about uh, and we should throw it to the rest of our panel to see exactly what they've been up to since we all got together last. So I want to throw it first to Zaki for a number of reasons. You were re-initializing, uh, let's say, your Star Trek franchise order rewatch. So I want to know about that. But I also just it, – it's been a long time since we've had a conversation. How are you doing and what have you been up to?
2: Oh, man, just keeping busy. You know, uh, its it's been very exciting over the past year. Uh, since, since last summer, I've been uh, doing film reviews for the San Francisco Chronicle. I can't remember if we talked about that on the show. Um, and that's been – such a fun thing for me just because I love writing about films and stuff. But uh, the added bonus is I get to write about geek stuff. And in the past six months, I've written about, you know, Stargate and Blade Runner and, you know, the West Wing and all the fun stuff that I would write about anyway. Excellent. (laughs) But I'm doing it in a, in a newspaper. It's so weird. It is (laughs) (laughs) crazy. um and and uh uh per the the trek rewatch I had reinitialized and then I hit pause uh briefly for various just uh just time reasons but this past week getting ready for the new show, I did revisit star trek nemesis really yeah i, I... and 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 chris you will be happy to know I didn't despise it this time,
0: really oh wow, yeah, this is this yeah. is uh this is a momentous occasion here on Discovery Debrief, because <laughs> it's always the the source of such ire. And granted, and I think I've said it before. I mean, it's not. It's certainly not my favorite Star Trek movie. Sure, I, I just tend to find enjoyment of some aspects of it more than other people. But uh, we're gonna have to have a more in depth conversation about. I keep saying that, but um, <laughs> you know, especially now that uh, that Picard is here and is happening on a regular basis, we might have to do that. Maybe after the season's over, Might maybe. Be- well, and and to be honest,
2: Picard is at least partly the reason why I didn't mind it as much this time because I think what always kind of irked me is that that was the end of the road for the next generation. It was kind yeah. of a weak sauce way to to warp into the you know the sunset. Mm-hmm. And this, it's like, well, no, it's just kind of it's one. It's like a bump in the road, maybe. But
0: hey, there's more story to come absolutely well said well uh yeah i'm looking forward to having a more in-depth conversation with you on that topic but that's interesting that's that's very interesting to me cicero my friend how the hell are you what have you been up to and uh and how's life
1: uh you know life is life is great life is what you make of it and i you know i try to have a good time all the time even when uh bad things are happening so uh you know uh we we just discussed uh, some some uh, really weird things that happened to me uh in my in my past <laughs> that i could sit back and laugh at uh you know uh, how much of a doofus i am but uh yeah like right now man uh a lot of my time is dedicated to rolling dice in dungeons and dragons uh with uh with my team over at rivals of waterdeep and uh, I just finished my first ever chance of DMing. I was uh, the, the DM for our fifth season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, for those of you who uh, are looking for a new d stream, uh, I would recommend checking it out. Uh, but you could listen to my season, but my season is very heavily dependent upon the past. So I would also recommend that you listen to... Uh, the the previous seasons before going before jumping into mine, they're good. Trust <laughs> me. And each episode is only two hours, and our seasons are only ten episodes long, so it's not uh, it's not too much of a commitment. It's a commitment, but not not uh, it's not a four or five hour commitment sure. per episode as as is, uh, some of the other ones are. Uh, and I am playing another uh, actual play. I'm doing another actual play stream uh, called. Teens in Space, uh, uh, oddly uh, kind of kind of uh, topical, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's on Wednesdays on Twitch. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, check check my stuff out. Uh, as far as Trek stuff, um, as uh, the last time we spoke, I was doing a uh, reverse broadcast order rewatch of uh, Star Trek series. So, and I was in Deep Space Nine. Uh, last time we talked, I think I was still in season four. Uh, I haven't made a lot of headway, but I am in season five. I'm halfway through season five now, mm. uh, so I have I have gotten to the uh, the infamous Tribble episode <laughs> of uh, BF9, um, which was which was great. And uh, but uh, we O'Brien O'Brien and Kira have not had their baby yet, so. Uh, so we're you know somewhere somewhere in in that range. Um, additionally, uh, how I've been engaging with the franchise has been playing the mobile game Star Trek Fleet. Oh, really? Yes. Um, it uh, it's you know it's one of those resource time allocation sure. games uh, strategy that is deeply ensconced in the Kelvin timeline. Uh, uses assets from from that franchise uh, including the uh, the theme music mm-hmm. and all of the uh, the characters are all uh, the Kelvin representations of all of the characters that we saw from those from those uh, mm-hmm. films um, and and it oddly enough has, In depth, I'm not sure if it's compelling, but they're very in depth storylines within all of the missions. So it is, it is, uh, it's definitely a lot of fun. If you enjoy those kind of time and resource management games, uh, on uh, your Android or i devices, uh, I would recommend checking it out. Good to know. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I've been thinking of downloading it, but sometimes those things trap me pretty hard. But maybe with your recommendation, I'll give it another look. Uh, yeah. Rachel hello hello how are you good and how what, what you what you been up to
3: well chris i've been uh you know nothing much just growing a baby <laughs> <laughs> your
0: baby <laughs> ah yes <Yeah. laughs> uh, i remember that
3: <laughs> that, that, that old card.
0: <laughs> uh,
3: growing a baby writing um writing my phd dissertation yes um you know, trying to see. So two babies. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Like, uh, we'll see which baby is birthed first, probably the human one. Um, (laughs) uh, but, uh, yeah. So I haven't really been watching too much Star Trek except what you've been putting on. Yeah.
0: Which is just occasional. I haven't been doing too much. I mean, gosh, it's been over a month now, but it seems like the world was obsessed with star Wars for even longer than normal. Uh, considering sure. uh, the the comparatively and objectively less legs that the most recent entry had compared with some of the other ones. But um, no, getting back in the Trek groove has been really, really pleasant over the last several weeks. And um you know, I've just been revisiting favorite episodes of, of TNG in preparation and s- some moments from the, the TNG films. But I've seen them all so much that for me, there's a point of diminishing returns where you just, you're not going to be able. I've scraped the barnacles off of all of that stuff. I'm not going to be able to get any more <laughs> out of it until I actually get some new material. So obviously the premiere of Picard – was uh, was a very pleasant occurrence. But let's move along to that. We have a whole episode to discuss, a lot of things to talk about with it. So let's talk about season one, episode one of Star Trek Picard Remembrance So there's uh, quite an interesting opening with this episode. We open on a beautiful modern CG shot. Of none other than the USS Enterprise D, uh, which was alluded to in one of the previews, but seeing it again uh, certainly conjures emotions, even though you're going, what the hell's going on here? That ship was destroyed quite a while ago. But then as the uh, the camera moves into 10 forward, we see that Jean-Luc Picard and Lieutenant Commander Data, who's wearing a, a first contact through Nemesis era uniform, are playing poker, in 10 forward. And that's where the first sort of incongruities pops up for, for the embedded among us, you know, that, that uniform has never been on that ship before. Uh, but in a poignant moment shared between captain and departed friend, Picard admits to prolonging their poker game before he's treated to a terrifying vision of the destruction of utopia planitia on Mars, the shipyards where the enterprise was built. I think Voyager was built there too. Uh, he then wakes up with a start in the bedroom at his family vineyard in Labar, France. So, uh, Rachel, let's go to you first. The this episode begins on your favorite starship in the franchise, uh, but you're seeing but date- it's
3: all modern now. It's
0: all yeah, it's viewed in, in modern resolutions and modern particle effects and all of that <laughs> stuff. But then there's this moment between. Picard and data that is cut short by tragedy. And we didn't get a chance to all get together to discuss the children of Mars short, but you and I watched it of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what's going through your head? Just the fact that yes, this show is beginning and it begins on such strong iconography.
3: Yeah. I mean, I really liked this. Um, It was because it, you know, it really made me feel nostalgia without, making me feel like it was pushing nostalgia buttons excessively or unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. I think when you have sort of the flashbacks to a beloved character, beloved starship, um, in a dream like that, and it turns into a nightmare, uh, it's just a really... It's just a very clever way to work those things in without kind of putting... Like leaning so heavily on it that I felt manipulated, mm. right? So I I was really happy
0: with it. Mm-hmm. Great, Zaki. You see the Enterprise D for the first time conceivably since 1994. Well, I guess 2005 technically, but uh, you know, you're seeing it again. What What are these thoughts that are being conjured as you're starting to watch this episode?
2: I I I loved the the fact that, uh, aesthetically they lit it, uh, both the exterior and the interior, uh, like discovery or the Kelvin movies, you know? And, and I really like the marriage of the modern style with, uh, the classic look. And we get this thing that feels both new and familiar. And so right up top, within a minute of the show starting there's your mission statement for the show it's new and it's familiar Mm
0: -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah it's hard way uh i mean leaning on iconography is of course no we're, we're no strangers to that considering a lot of the fiction that we consume but uh it's it's an effective mission statement that that much i think can be said rather easily Cicero, what what were your feelings like as uh, as this episode kicked off with this sequence in particular? Uh,
1: th- well, it, the first thing that I noticed was how good the mi- makeup for Brent mm. Spiner was. Um, that was something as you know we talked about uh, in a previous episode as Picard was coming up, and we knew that uh, Spiner had been cast, and you know we were trying to figure out who wh- you know what version of data or, or is it, you know, is it not going to be data? And, and the one question I said was like, how is he going to look? Um, you know, his aging is very slowed, but, but Brett Spiner as a human <laughs> looks, looks decidedly different from uh, the character that he played 30 years, you know, 20, mm-hmm. 25 years ago. Um, and uh, yeah, so I was very, very impressed with uh, the makeup job. Uh, for for him as a as a character um that was the first thing the second thing was uh that moment when uh Picard looks at him and and you know after uh, data asks him why he's stalling um and he just looks at him and he just says he doesn't want the game to end that was that was something for me because it 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 was. As you know, as you get older and you know, you, you uh you know, you uh the older you get, the more you realize like, oh man, I can't go out and drink uh till three in the morning and wake up at six and and think everything is gonna be okay. In fact, uh, you know, if you wake up like like I have over the over the holidays with even a minor hangover it knocks you out for for most of the day and you start to you start to come to grips with the fact that like oh yeah i'm not a young man anymore and and you know things are getting away from me people are getting away from me uh like th- that line and the look and the you know the way it was performed spoke spoke right through me uh and that that was incredible and then also uh prior to watching The the Picard episode one uh, to remembrance. I watched all of the short tracks, uh, including Children of Mars. So um, you know, so gaining that context of exactly what was happening on Mars at that particular moment was was important. And like, had I not had that, I don't know. if I would have, like, I would have, I would have left that particular scene a little bit more confused. So I'm, I'm glad I watched that prior to yeah, uh, sure. watching the episode.
0: I mean, the thing that has always fascinated me about the way that Patrick Stewart plays Jean Luc Picard is his ability to get inside the material and to evoke the emotions that is, because I mean, some actors have difficulty trying to make emotional believability out of high concept like Star Trek. But Patrick Stewart wrote the book on doing that, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, the, the way that he was able to, to get that across and really kind of culminate in the same kinds of feelings that many fans naturally feel about the, the combination of Picard and Data was, was a very touching moment, I thought as well. Well, let's move along a little bit with the plot. So, following the destruction of the Confederated Martian colonies and Utopia Planitia by synthetics, artificial life forms that are similar to data, Admiral Jean Luc Picard, we discover, resigned his commission from Starfleet in protest of Starfleet using the destruction of the shipyards as an excuse to back out from the evacuation of Romulus. And retired to his country estate in Barre France. All of this comes up in a rather contentious interview that Picard gives to a reporter with the Federation News Network (FNN). And uh, really, this is the moment where, just speaking personally, my heart started to break a little bit because—and I think I might have alluded to this in a previous discussion with you guys—is that you know, Starfleet and the Federation is always the 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 lofty. Uh, perspective the organization that has always been able to be believed in by people both within the star trek universe and people that watch the star trek universe and we find out that it has taken a a startlingly isolationist turn that resulted in the deaths of billions of people and um naturally jean-luc picard is going to resign from that but this uh I thought that it was also interesting to sort of display that through the prism of the media, uh, because she, the, the interviewer Richter, I think is the name that's given to her in the credits. Uh, she even says she corrects Picard by saying, well, Romulan lives were lost and he has to correct her back saying, right? No lives. And, uh, and that was rather, uh, shocking to me. Zaki, uh, as, as, as someone else who's been following the North Star of the Federation, uh, this is obviously an exposition dump. But to me, it was a surprisingly emotional one. What, what were your feelings coming out of this?
2: You know, I think what it showed me was how much uh, the 24th century needs Jean-Luc Picard back just as much as the 21st century needed Jean-Luc Picard back. Because he's speaking to our moment, right I mean that's Star Trek is always about the time in yeah. which it's made, and he this is this is jean luc Picard speaking to us from the twenty fourth century, and uh the fact that the federation has given in to this sort of uh you know belligerent insularity that's ha- that we're seeing in this show uh i you know it's funny because it is disappointing right, but it also underscores something that Star Trek has always uh, reminded us, and that's that uh, paradise uh, has to be maintained. Uh, you don't get to rest on your laurels. It is a constant struggle. And I think, you know, we watch this and we I think we can take some uh, reasonable assuredness that it's not going to remain here. We're on a journey through the course of either this season or this series to back to where the Federation is supposed to be. And so, for me, uh, the the idea that we we rejoin a Picard who is kind of a broken man like that's so fascinating, right? Because that and the, and in a way that's so much more interesting than hey, let's come back twenty years later and more adventures on the Enterprise.
0: Sure. Well, and just punctuating that, I mean, it's also different than a typical loss of faith because instead of denigrating the institution that he was a part of for so long, he just says it's no longer Starfleet or it was no longer Starfleet. Hmm. So he clearly still holds the institution in high regard, but sees that it has fallen in terms of a projection of ethical consciousness, I suppose.
2: Rachel, the- I mean, I mean, if if yes, just please. sorry, one last thought. I mean, if if we if we look at in the first Kelvin movie, Captain Pike describes the uh, destri- describe Starfleet as a humanitarian and peacekeeping mm-hmm. armada. And so, if we view that as uh, what what the parameters of Starfleet, then by any objective measure, the the what what Captain Picard, Admiral Picard is living through now is no longer yeah. Starfleet.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely, right.
0: Rachel, this interview—it uh, it, was—you were wearing your poker face after it was over. I'm curious about what what was going through your head because not only is this your guy, but you're seeing him in a in a moment of of relative frailty. How does how does this strike what do you? I'm mean? just
3: laughing at you being. A few weeks ago, Chris like turned to me and he's like, "You don't emote when you watch things." <laughs> it's true. i'm sorry because you're right and i uh i have no explanation
0: um (laughs) i mean i know it doesn't preclude that you feel things inside but now i want you to let that stuff out
3: yes yeah um i so you told me about this because you saw it as a clip
0: i actually heard it on an npr interview with patrick stewart yes
3: right okay so I had had this recounted oh, wow. to me and I really, when I heard it, I didn't like it. I was like, Ugh. Um, but then when I saw it, I, I, what I mostly felt was like relief. Cause I was like, if this is really great and like makes sense and it feels relevant, um, you know, right now is a moment in which our institutions sort of lack moral leadership. Mm-hmm. And so we're being introduced to um, an analogous situation. Uh, in the future, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm okay with it. Like, yeah, um, my like my initial reaction was like yours when I heard about it was like, oh, but the Federation's supposed to be good, and yeah. Um, but you know what? I yeah, I I, I like this, no problemo. All right,
0: You're
1: good, <laughs> Cicero. What do you have to share just about all of these perspectives? So I, I. Much like, uh, what Zachy said, and, you know, it's something that we've echoed on the, on the show, uh, in the, in the past that, yeah, that every Star Trek, uh, is, is essentially a a mirror in, in the time of, in which it was made. And, uh, you know, we got something like that from Mira Lorca in his monologue, uh, towards the end of season one of Discovery. And we got some more of that, um, in in this uh in this interview um also uh what you know not only did i appreciate the exposition that they were able to uh to give give the viewer uh during this interview i enjoyed the world building uh that we got here um because for the most part this is the first time in star trek where we get to see civilians you know obviously picard is uh retired um but he he's strictly a civilian and you know there have been a few times where we've had uh Uh, just civilian on civilian, civilian conversation in a civilian area. Um, uh, The visitor comes, comes to mind Um, and, and, you know, a couple of other places, but this was, you know, this was an opportunity for us to see what it's like for human beings or, or, or sentient beings in general to be a part of the Federation and not a part of Starfleet, not a, a a uh you know, a member of Starfleet and see what that life is like. So we got we've got a camera crew, we got someone doing makeup for the 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 interviewer, we got to see the news network and you know and we're doing this all mm. in this beautiful chateau. Um, and, you know, and on, on this vineyard. Uh, and, and that was, that was really cool for me. That was really like, I, 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 love sci-fi because of, you know, obviously some of the ideals and some of the, uh, some of the, um, the things and the, the ways it inspires, uh, our ability to dream, but also gives us, uh, times for in- introspection about, uh, who we are right now and who we can be. Um, and, you know, that's something that star Trek has always been, uh, f- you know, incredibly good about doing. Um, but also I love when they take the time to, when sci-fi in general takes the time to show you what it would be like if mm-hmm. you were just a regular Joe. And and happen to live in that time, and and we got some of that in that moment. We got some of that uh, throughout throughout like the early parts of of this episode, and I I really I really enjoyed uh, what we saw there, and it kind of set the stage for not necessarily what the series is going to be about, but um, you know, it gives us a sense of what being a part of the Federation is all about. Um, so yeah, Absolutely. so I, I I enjoyed that.
0: Excellent. Well, let's uh, let's move along with the plot. So in Greater Boston, and uh, I I didn't realize this. I didn't see this in the moment until uh, until I actually looked up some of the references on Memory Alpha. But apparently, in the establishing shot of late twenty fourth century Boston, there was an ad for Cassidy Yates Freight Shipping, which I. I greatly appreciate it. Huh. Yeah. I thought really, that, that's kind of a nice little wow. nod. We're, we're not at pedantic continuity time yet. We'll get there, but, but, uh,
1: right. so in, <laughs> in greater Boston,
0: a young woman named Dodge is enjoying an evening with her Zahian boyfriend, uh, when Romulan assassins transport into her apartment. And at this point in the plot, it's not clear that they're Romulans, but it will soon become clear later in the story.
1: Uh, they are, they are, um, Tron, their <laughs> their Tron legacy, yeah, there's a resemblance. Yeah, about
0: that, uh, there's resemblance. and they, they oh, fight for Lord, the user. And they, uh. did they ever fight because they killed the Zahian boyfriend? But before they can actually kill Dodge, they put a uh, it looks like a shroud over her face. But something activates in her, and she snaps into action and kills all of the assassins. She then quickly experiences visions of Picard and seeks him out after seeing him being interviewed on the Federation News Network. Uh, So then she finds Sanctuary by going and explaining her situation to Picard, even though there's not a lot of uh, concrete detail to explain. But she soon runs away out of fear of bringing harm to the Admiral. And Picard is all the more... Uh, welcoming and meritorious as we've ever seen him and magnanimous in welcoming her into his home to, to provide a semblance of protection and safety. Uh, but there is something about her that's familiar. So Picard calls on the Starfleet archives and he goes into, it looks sort of like a personal storage unit in the Starfleet archives. Uh, we're treated to a bunch of different mementos from his time aboard the Enterprise D&E and his time aboard the Stargazer. And he discovers inside a painting that Data made 30 years previously. So this is in 2369. This is during around season five of TNG. And the, the painting is titled Daughter. And it bears a female figure that resembles Dodge. Oh, boy. well. <laughs>
3: Continuity
0: time. Now, granted, there's not really any violation here, far from it, actually, uh, because we know that Data actually did have a daughter. Uh, her name was Lal, and uh, unfortunately, she was born and died within the span of a single TNG episode, and Lala's even mentioned uh, offhandedly in, in dialogue later in the show. But I just kind of wanted to call attention to the stuff that we see in his storage unit. So we saw a model of the Stargazer. We saw a model of the Enterprise D&E. We saw the Captain's Yacht of the Enterprise E. Uh, and we even saw that Captain Picard Day banner. And we always thought that he hated Captain Picard Day so much uh, but he betrays a degree of sentimentality by having it uh, draped over his, uh, his storage unit in the Starfleet archives. Uh, some interesting and nice little callbacks. Uh, but what, what are the thoughts in your guys' head when you start to understand that there's a solid kind of familial connection that we don't really understand the details for between Dodge and Data? Zachy, start us off.
2: Uh, I like it as a as a mechanism, story wise to keep data alive. I mean, I think, you know, it's the fact. You know, a lot of the sort of expanded universe stuff between Nemesis and now posited that you know, uh, Data's sort uh, neural net took over before, and uh, Data was back, and off we go, right? And this dispenses with that right away and says, nope, Data died, right? And I think the fact that he um the fact that picard spends so much time thinking about data almost uh, you know elevates his importance to a greater degree i mean not to say yeah. he wasn't important before but you know what i mean and 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 i don't know where this story ends i'll be sh- shocked if it if you know the end game is bringing back data as played by brent spiner i i i don't think that's the case however uh this you know it's like this is all about data, it's all about data's legacy. I think that's awesome. you know I wouldn't have predicted that yeah. that's what the show would yeah. be about
0: most definitely I think right. uh I, you know the trailers did a really good job of sort of obscuring that there that data was gonna be a direct part of this story and uh all all the better as as a result of that I think rachel what what what's going on in your head when you start to discover that there is some sort of tie we don't really understand. At by this point that we've seen it between dodge and data
3: uh pedantic continuity time Ugh. i was <laughs> like well she's not all <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, how did they how did they do uh-huh. that and so i was just going through everything in my head but i i think they had kind of resolved it to my satisfaction that they're not going to like do any like continuity violations
0: not like a super Um, retcon where we find out that data actually built her or something.
3: yeah yeah that's what i was very concerned about but that doesn't seem to be the case so we're good um yeah so i was just mostly i I was worried about that but i was also intrigued Mm -hmm. um and i am still intrigued by the mystery of of where she came from and how she is related to data. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought this was really great for a, a first episode, uh, thing is to really set up that mystery.
0: Mm-hmm. Cicero, what did you think about the idea of Dodge and data having some sort of connection that we don't at this point fully understand yet?
1: Well, it's awesome. Uh, you know, um, I was talking to a friend of the show and and uh, and uh, sometimes guest Sharif Jackson after uh, we both watched the episode, and he was saying how much he enjoyed uh, not only enjoyed the episode, but that it felt more like Star Trek to him than Discovery. and And when I asked him to expound on that, he he basically said that. Um, that it the the slower pace felt uh, it felt more true to uh the types of the type of series that he knew Star Trek to be especially TNG and you know when when i heard that it made me reflect on the differences between this show and discovery and and the thing that immediately popped into my head is that this show, where uh, this show is for people mm. who love TNG, who love Picard, um, whereas whereas Discovery was for people who uh, love Star Trek, and you know, and and maybe you know, uh, presumably you've seen all of the series, you've seen all of the movies. You enjoy all of those things and you wanted to see some more Star Trek, but you didn't have to. You didn't have to have any of that previous knowledge in order to enjoy Discovery as, as a show. Um, there, it is impossible. For you to understand uh, the emotional weight and and to resonate with the characters that are in this first episode, without first having you know without having intimate knowledge of the Enterprise mm-hmm. crew, um, you know that that bridge crew, uh, and and so because of that, yes, the show did start out slower. It is it is going to be a a a slower grind. But it's got that leeway because the people that are tuning into this show are tuning into the show to see, as as Zaki, uh pointed out before, to to or or, or maybe you said it, Chris, that to to get uh, both the the new and the familiar at the same time. So we're getting to see Witness Picard, and we're getting to witness the characters that we knew, uh, you know, like Data. Uh, in with with uh, new shiny effects and with a with a new story, but we're going back to people that we know and love uh, and, bec- and as a result of that uh, they can they can afford to do weird things like this where they can start to show out by saying, hey, this ca- this character that we're gonna go seek out. Um, or or at least with Dodge that we've got now and and we're gonna go on some crazy quests with with uh Picard mm-hmm. is re- is somehow related to data uh and that's kind of kind of being the the impetus for why this show exists in the first place, and that that is yeah. fun uh you know i'm I'm with it Jim. sure yeah. absolutely yeah let's, let's and let's i ahead.
0: was uh I was surprisingly open to it by the time we get to uh, this later point in the plot that I'll detail here. Momentarily, so Daj using she, she tries to reach out to her mother, or at least someone whom she thinks is her mother. And her quote unquote mother tells her, "You need to go back to Picard; he can keep you safe." So Daj apparently pulls out some uh, some pretty wicked hack skills and uh, and actually localizes Picard's location at the Starfleet Archives, which are in San Francisco, right next to Starfleet headquarters. So she tracks him down, reunites with him, uh, but they're quickly attacked by the same kinds of assassins that we saw earlier. And it's in this encounter that we start to realize that they are Romulans. The, uh, she, she kicks a living crap out of all of the assassins, but uh, one final assassin who it looks like puts – he, he stomps – stomps, he bites a poison capsule or an acid capsule rather and spits it on Dodge and it proves to be fatal. And uh, in a mass explosion, the Romulans are dead and Daj is dead. And uh, he wakes up uh, in, in the Chateau Picard in, in La Bar again. And once he starts to understand that there's some, some kind of connection after seeing the painting between Daj and Data – Picard takes it upon himself to travel to the Daystrom Institute, a well-known organization in the Star Trek canon. But the first time that we actually get to see that its headquarters are in Okinawa, and he meets with a new character named Dr. Agnes Jurati, who is in the, uh, the cybernetics division of the Daystrom Institute. And she was the protege of another character that we all know too well from a rather classic episode of TNG called Measure of a Man named Bruce Maddox. And Girati reveals that Data – that Dodge might be Data's daughter through an experimental procedure known as fractal neuronic cloning, meaning she's an android but with an organic body but a positronic brain. Now – and then finally, Girati reveals that this process – generally results in twins. So not only is, was Dodge one of these children of Data, but there's another one out there that's just like her. And this is another sort of pedantic continuity thing because Measure of a Man was a powerful episode for a lot of reasons. But the implications of Maddox, who we saw in Measure of a Man as someone who worked very hard to try and disprove that Data was actually a sentient life form. Is this a response maybe to the fact that he doesn't like that data is dead, that he's trying to potentially ensure that data lives on in some form or fashion? I'd be very curious about the perspectives. Zaki, what do you think of everything that we learn at the Daystrom Institute about the nature of synthetics, how they're treated in the Federation or viewed in the Federation, and this reality concerning Dodge's origins tying with Bruce Maddox? I loved, uh, the name check of Maddox. You know, that's
2: like, that's one of those deep cuts where if you've been a fan, uh, you know, it kind of gets your neurons firing a little bit. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm assuming that we're going to find out more. Maybe we mm-hmm. see Maddox again at some point. That would be nice. Uh, but uh, the idea to me, that idea that he was driven to, keep data alive is such a nice inversion of where that character started out right it you know it's a machine you know and then at a point where it's like uh the he he wants to do everything he can to preserve data's uh unique uniqueness you know and keep it alive yeah i i I love the symmetry of that
0: yeah most definitely yeah (laughs) <laughs> uh, Cicero, what you, there's a lot of information that gets dumped here and admittedly I had to go back and watch the scene a couple of times to fully grasp what was happening in it but what, what was your impression of that and, and just the way that it sort of ties everything together with this brand new character?
1: So it, for me, uh, yeah like you said, there, there was a lot of information and I only got to watch the episode once um, so to me at this point this was the part of the exposition where I was like, okay, this is this is uh this is the exposition dump that we're gonna get that will uh give us uh credence to mm-hmm. why we're we're gonna have an entire series. Um so I was just like, Okay, this is you know, uh let's get it, let's get the information, let's uh it, it wasn't <laughs> quite uh jibber jabber. But but it, but it was it was bordering on on uh jibber mm-hmm. jibber jibber jabber status for me uh, at that at that point. But when you know when sure. I go back and watch it again, it'll probably make a little bit more sense. And 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 of course, um, uh, going, I, I'm sure once I rewatch this after the series is over, um, it will it will probably hit a little bit harder, uh, uh you know, again, um, knowing you know. Knowing then what I yeah, didn't know now, definitely. but will know Rachel, at some
0: point. Rachel, Measure of a Man was one of the few episodes that you and I went to see in a movie theater. Yeah. Uh, I think, and you're a fan of Data's Day, I think. Yeah, in general. I like Data's Day. And so, that in that episode, of course, we find out that Data and Maddox are actively corresponding. So, you know, Data is not capable of holding a grudge, and he's apparently struck up some kind of a friendship with Maddox by that point. What does this revelation, I guess, put on what we've known previously about Maddox?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm a little concerned about it. Um, not, you know, from a quality standpoint, from a, like, I'm concerned. Um, but that uh, uh, in uh, Measure of a Man, Maddox kind of, he wanted every ship to have an android. Right. Right? He wanted to sort of use them as a tool. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if this is maybe hinting to us at the role of, you know, the quote-unquote synthetics um, or whatnot in uh, in the uh, current um, Starfleet universe mm-hmm. that we're being introduced to, that maybe they were being used for slave labor to some extent, or are going to be or something like that.
0: Well, and the way that you say that, so honestly, it never really occurred to me to doubt Maddox's intentions, but considering the last full appearance that he had, that's a perfectly logical reaction. And thinking about it further, this actually also kind of ties back to stuff that Voyager played with. I mean, I know that some people criticize Voyager for basically stretching out measure of a man into (laughs) like four seasons worth of themes with the doctor. But there was an episode of Voyager in which we saw, uh, wasn't in a whole cave of Mark 1 EMHs uh, as labor, working in, in, in some kind of a mine, I think. I can't remember this. And we know, too, that Robert Picardo was going to be in season two of the show. And that puts a whole set of other potential expectations on this. But, uh, man, there's a lot of uh, a lot of different angles to this. So it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds both in this season and in the next one. I mean, the next season's already shaping up to be really memorable with the Doctor. And now Guinan, we know that Whoopi Goldberg's coming back for season two. So holy hell, guys, lots of stuff to look forward to. Um, The very last thing that we see, the episode ends at a Romulan reclamation site, which I assume means – uh, a, a site that is sort of scouring the remains of the planet Romulus. Uh, and a Romulan named Narek meets with Soji Asher, Dodge's twin. Uh, it looks like there's setting up some kind of a relationship there. Uh, but the, the big thing is that the final view of the reclamation site reveals that it's within the, the husk of a Borg cube. And uh, obviously this group being so well aware of what the show is going to be doing, uh, you know, we know a couple of characters that are going to be showing up in future episodes. But what the hell is going on with this? I mean, with, with Romulans apparently uh, right. <laughs> putting, exercising leverage over the wreckage of a Borg cube. Zeki, what are you left with by the time this episode is over?
2: <laughs> I have no idea and I love it. I love I mean isn't it great? Like I mean it's it's so like we've we've been doing the the modern TV Trek thing with Discovery where you know the episode it's minute 43 or whatever and oh we got to wait till next time. But it's so it's so different when it's it's you know it's the Star Trek we're used to that you know by minute uh, 40 everyone's laughing at the the silly thing data did, and then we fade, we, you know, we go to credits. But no, this is like peak TV Star Trek. And, and I love, I love that. I love that there's this, it's, you know, the, 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 the onion is being, uh, slowly peeled back. Uh, one thing that did jump out to me at the very end, which I thought was kind of neat, is that the music that we hear, uh as we you know as the camera pulls out and there's the big borg ship it's it's a variation of the romulan music oh my god you're right balance of terror
0: wow wow yeah and and that's that's a pretty deep (laughs) cut in and of itself uh obviously going back to the first time that the romulans were established as an antagonist in this universe in general uh but man yeah it's it's pretty wild rachel a Borg cube being used by Romulans at a reclamation site for their destroyed planet.
3: Now, I'm pretty sure I emoted at this. Did you? I think I was like, what? (laughs) 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 (laughs)
0: Because
3: I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) um, I mean, you know, most normal explanation, they just, it was a Borg cube. Better... But you know, where else are you going to build your reclamation site?
0: <laughs> yeah, true.
3: Um, but I, I somehow I think it probably has more significance than that, and we're meant to think it has more significance than that. But I don't know what it is.
0: Yeah, sure. Cicero, what are your thoughts as this episode comes to a close?
1: So I will. I will just read you uh the transcript of the text conversation between myself. And uh Sharif Jackson. He says, just finished Picard. I say one minute later, watching it now, got about five minutes left. Then three minutes after that, or four minutes after that, seriously? Question mark, exclamation, question mark, a board cube, <laughs> <laughs> question mark, <laughs> and and uh end scene. Um so <laughs> Um, yeah, like, look, this is, this is peak TV. This is, um, uh, again, this is, uh, these are the things that, that Star Trek has learned, um, from watching television in the 21st century. Um, these are the things that Star Trek has learned, uh, you know, Kiva Goldsman, uh, have, has, learned from, from discovery, uh that these things work uh, creating a, a serialized version of the show that we know and and creating these setups for these things that will hook us in and of course as you know as I've already kind of talked about this show isn't for novices this isn't the show for people that you want to show star trek to that you know that are that are new to the franchise or are only kind of uh tangentially aware of the franchise uh these are for this show is for hardcore well, not necessarily hardcore people are, but people who people who fans up. of tng if you like yeah yeah absolutely like if you if you have no knowledge of TNG, you cannot watch the show. Um, and, that, you know, and, and I guess that's a little gatekeeper but it's not really because like the number of people that are fans of TNG, You know that are Star Trek fans, and the number of people uh, that are also fans of TNG is 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 quite large, and larger than the subscriber base currently of CBS All Access. And I know of several people uh, who weren't who where uh, Discovery didn't necessarily move the needle for them, but Picard did. And for those people, uh, this is perfect, right? Because again, like as we've already established, this is. Both the new and the familiar, and uh, you know, adding adding a Borg cube in there just pretends to uh, great, great. Yeah, and I'm also stuff.
0: curious, and hopefully, we'll start to get a little bit more information just about the Borg uh, in 2399, because as far as we know, they were pretty decimated by the uh, by Endgame, the final episode of Voyager. At least that's what we were led to believe was going to happen. Um, But I'll be interested to see if the Borg is still a threat, a threatening entity in the galaxy at this point. Uh, That's just another continuity thing that I'd be interested in learning. Mm -hmm. But um, well, that's, that's episode one of Picard. Uh, All in all, I think it was really solid. It was very much a classic first episode in the sense that it just leaves you guessing and, 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 thumbs up for me. I'm, I'm very interested. I don't know if it necessarily knocked my socks off, except for a couple of specific and highly emotional moments that I was kind of expecting going into it. But, uh, no, this looks like another quality show in this era of Star Trek. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it progresses further, especially with all of you guys. It's a lot of the joy that I take from modern Star Trek is being able to talk about it with all of you. But, um, yeah, so final thoughts on like this it. episode as we prepare for episode 2 Cicero. Kick us off.
1: Yeah, so I would say that um where Discovery was like uh meeting a potential a meeting a or a first date with a potential new paramour, um where they, you know, they were puffing out their feathers and 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 strutting their stuff to, to try and impress you. Um Picard was was yeah. like reconnecting with an old friend uh, you know you haven't seen them in in 10 20 years and you're just kind of catching up on things and then you're getting to know about what's happening in their lives currently and that's what we're getting now and so it was a very different type of uh, experience uh, between, The first episode of Discovery, Mm. you know, uh, you know, the Vulcan hello and remembrance. Um, The other thing that I that I'll say and, you know, this is something that I really, really love um, for from uh, the showrunners of current Star Trek is just how diverse they are uh, both in front of and behind the camera. Um, You know, we would be remiss and I'm not going to allow us to not uh, give them uh, their kudos for uh, the director of this episode was Hanel Culpepper, who is um, who not only is the first woman to direct a Star Trek premiere episode, um, but she's the first woman of color to do so as well. Um, you know, by virtue of the fact that she's the first woman, um, so like that, that was great. And she had directed a couple of episodes of Discovery as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was great. Uh, our, our, um, you know, potentially, you know, or the at least <laughs> the, the, the quest for Curly's gold, if, if, uh, Soj, Soj is, is, is Curly's gold. Um, you know, she is, she is, uh, of of Filipino descent um her uh D- boyfriend was was uh you know not only a different species but at least the actor himself was was black um so I mean like that was that was great so you had two characters of color. Uh, one of the Romulans that is you know one of the caretakers of Chateau Picard yep. it was of Asian descent so you know the interviewer, Um, that, you know, was, was, uh, very antagonistic was also, was also a woman of color. Uh, so I, I really like that stuff isn't missed on me. And, and, and hopefully, hopefully that stuff isn't missed on everyone else. Um, I, you know, of course, I love the fact that they, you know, it's kind of normalized, uh, in in a way, but but it should still be celebrated. So I you know I wanted to take the time out to to do that, and and uh, I'm really excited well for uh, for what the series.
0: Rachel, is final like. thoughts on remembrance as we get ready for episode two. Uh,
3: definitely slower paced than Star Trek Discovery, and much more to my taste pace wise. Would hmm. um, you like Discovery? Yeah, I like Discovery, but I something that I've said over and over again on this podcast is like, it's too damn fast. <laughs> <laughs> Can't keep up. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, this felt far more to my liking. Sure. Um, and so uh, I'm really looking forward to watching more. Um, and I, I wasn't completely sold on the show i guess Mm -hmm. i don't know like i knew it was coming up but i and you were excited and i just wasn't feeling the excitement and now i kind of am so good for them
0: (laughs) yeah well the episode did its job then yes yeah very good Zachy, final thoughts on remembrance to close us out um i just want to give props
2: to (laughs) cicero for bringing up legend of curly's gold because i think that uh you know, if you can weave in a City Slickers two reference into a Star Trek podcast, right. I think you're doing it right, and that's why <laughs> that's why Discovery debrief is you know it's a cut above.
0: Yes, most definitely. <laughs> uh, Thank you, sir. Well, any yeah. any final thoughts on the
2: episode itself? Uh, man, I'm just so happy to be here. I mean, you know, it's like I. It didn't even occur to me. Nearly twenty years later, here we are back with Captain Picard, and the to me the coolest thing is the fact that the show is called Star Trek Picard means that this is not a Han Solo in the Force Awakens situation, if you know what I mean. Right, I'm not sitting there waiting for him to fall down a a a shaft or something, you know, Uh, and and instead we we get to see this uh, man be heroic even as he is in the twilight of his years. And I think that's something that's refreshing. And it's something so perfectly suited to the Trek milieu, which is all about uh you can be a hero no matter how young you are or how old you are, what you look like, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's perfect.
1: Um so uh, you know what I I do want to say one more thing if I if I can uh uh and that is there was there was a moment if I remember remembering correctly uh, I think there w- there was a moment of dialogue that that kind of uh you know really hammered this point home but in the beginning of the episode um Jean-Luc Picard was was frail mm-hmm. Uh, he was walking around with his cane a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, and and then things took a turn when he got, when he had that interview, mm. you know, he had that interview. Obviously he didn't come in with the cane. So he could, you know, show a, a little bit of, of strength, um, you know, when he walked into whatever the, that parlor that he had, where he was having the interview, um, he left, he left that room very, very disgusted and he and he got more color and obviously you know there are points in in the episode where someone who was much younger and obviously also enhanced as as we learn more and more uh was dragging him around San Francisco, trying to evade these uh these characters um but like you know where he where he showed he showed that he's an older man now, um but there was there was more vigor in him as the episode went on, and I think at some point in the episode, he said something about like he's yeah yeah he's ready so to live again there was some mention to while that you guys have been thing.
0: talking I've been thinking about it, he basically says that I have not been living, I've been waiting to die. And I couldn't help – I mean, we, we just mentioned The Force Awakens. I couldn't help but think right. of The Last Jedi to a degree because that was a story where Luke Skywalker isolated sure. Sure. himself yeah. on, on uh, an island on a planet far away in order to die. He resigned himself to experiencing his failure. And uh, obviously, you know, things change for him. But in that moment, that's what he decided to do. And Picard almost takes uh, the reverse tactic in the sense that we find out that even if he is discouraged, he's not broken because his moral compass is very much intact, but he decides to start living again, as opposed to resigning himself to, to fading away. And uh, it's a. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, and sorry, Chris, to cut you off, but I think, I think very much he, you know, at, at, at you can, you can, that's a great analogy because I think he did isolate himself um, from from most of the world in his chateau, in his in his chateau with with uh, some refugees that that you know you, you find out uh, later on, and he he kind of did resign himself to death, uh, and and but also. Uh, was was yeah. just kind of like yeah, you know kind of going through the motions um so and and you know yes he he found he found that vigor again and and a reason for living and and i think you know part of the reason that he resigned himself to to isolation was that uh, like he said you know starfleet doesn't exist so his purpose in life like if his ideals Right, don't exist yeah. anymore. Then why should he exist anymore? Uh, and and I think you know part of you know maybe part of what we'll see in the season is is not only him finding him you know finding himself again, but also helping yeah. uh, the Federation Absolutely. and Starfleet. And I think that's something that Zachy alluded to
0: again. at the top of the show. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, how the captain gets his groove back or the admiral. Whatever you want to call him, whatever you recognize him by. <laughs> yes. All right, everybody. Well, uh, I think we're all ready for episode two, and uh, we're looking forward to bringing more regular episode discussions to you now that we've finally got a new show to talk about. But that is going to do it for episode number 47 of Discovery Debrief. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please like and follow us on our social media channels. And if you'd be so kind, we'd also appreciate it if you wrote a review for the show on iTunes or Facebook. It only takes a minute, and we'll be happy to read your review on the air when it's posted. And I realize that I've got a little bit of a backlog. I've got to make good on that promise here, and I'll do that in the next episode. If you have any questions you can follow the show on twitter at dsc debrief or you can also find all of our individual twitter handles and feel free to send us questions through twitter our facebook like page or by emailing us at hailing frequencies at discovery please be sure to set your courses for this feed for the next episode of star trek picard as always though until we meet again please go boldly my friends